Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app and answer a few questions. With Angie, you can book instantly at an upfront price or request and compare quotes from multiple pros so you can find the best price for your project. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1034. This is posting around Thanksgiving time, as is evidenced by the fact that I am recording this intro in the car while my wife is inside grabbing another turkey because we're having people over and uh, she was concerned. We might not have enough. So I'm in a parking lot right now. If you hear honking, then people shouting in the parking lot. That's just holiday cheer, you guys, because the holidays have descended fast upon us. It's all of a sudden cold, but that's okay, because there's a lot to be thankful for. I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful uh, for this podcast and for the fact that I'm coming to Tacoma, Washington, December 12, 13, 14, to the Tacoma Comedy Club. Uh, just go online and get tickets to that, or you can go to id10t.com slash tour. And uh, also, let's talk about what you're up to on the ID10T Community Corkboard. Events at ID10T.com is how you would uh, email for that. This is from Stephanie, who writes... I created Dibs on Blue to make board gaming more accessible for deaf people. I do board game tutorials and playthroughs all in ASL, but episodes are also voiced and captioned so that everyone can enjoy them. Some of your listeners may be ASL teachers like me, interpreters, or have deaf friends, family, etc., but really anyone can enjoy it, so it would be awesome if they knew Dibs on Blue was out there. I would appreciate if I could get a shout-out. Shout-out achieved. Uh, I created the YouTube channel with the hope of the hobby could be more inclusive. Uh, I'd love for more people to know that there's room for deaf nerds too. Oh, Stephanie, that is a wonderful, wonderful thing that you're doing. And I am so happy that we saw it. So happy to promote it. And I hope that uh, that people go go find it on YouTube. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. This episode is Kristen Bell, who is promoting Frozen 2 uh, in theaters now, and also NBC's The Good Place, which is currently in its fourth and final season. Um, Kristen, of course, is uh, married to Dak Shepard, who is also someone that I adore, and they're just good people. I don't know what to say. You know, like they're both doing so well in their careers and it's so deserved and they're just good. They're good examples of how people should be and particularly how people should be successful in this business. So absolute pleasure to have her on. By the way, side note, we recorded this Halloween day. Uh, So if you hear some references to the Halloween holiday, that is why. And uh, please enjoy the ID10T podcast number 1034 with the incredible and talented and wonderful Kristen Bell. Initiating ID10T protocol.
the architect, I think, was uh, perhaps on LSD when he designed it. And there's a lot of, like, triangle rooms, I guess you'd call them. And so, like, my closet's a triangle. Dax's closet's a triangle. The girls are closet. It's just, like, sort of bizarre. But we're like, you know what? I'd take that weirdness over a new build. Absolutely. Any day. Absolutely, because it... it Anything that's old and has a personality and a story to it is, uh, I mean, I, I, I drone on and on about how much I hate new, and then like when people buy an old house and they make it modern, it just drives me, it just drives me crazy. I mean, like update it, but like don't ever get rid of a door like that. I right. mean, that's yeah, cause there are, the there, coolest story I've ever There seen. were things in the 20s like, you know, people had five outfits and yeah. so there were there were no closets. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. obviously, do we do people have more than five outfits now? N- no, everyone has been okay. Uh, good. Yeah, because everyone... I'm up to four and a half. I'm almost at five. <laughs> four, four and a half. Almost at five. Yeah. Just cut a dress in half. Cut a dress oh, yeah. in half. I got jammy. Well, my jammies serve as jammies and. Do you guys fit. get? Because you're, we don't get trick or treaters here. But do you get trick or treaters in in your area? No, we've never gotten trick or treaters. Unbelievable. So do you go out to trick or treat? Yeah, we go out to like. Um, Toluca Lake. We have mm-hmm. friends that live in like Sherman Oaks, Toluca Lake area, and there's um, like sort of a, a square of eight streets by eight streets where I believe there's either a lot of creative people or a lot of like set designers, mm-hmm. prop masters, and they just make it so cool. And they put like, you know, on the one modern house on the street, they'll put up a uh, like uh, Jack Skellington movie that like plays, and nice. then they just do like haunted mazes in the front. So we usually do that, but this year. Another friend who's a prop master did a carnival in her backyard. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to bring all the kids there, order pizza, and hope that they don't remember we're supposed to go door to door (laughs) and just, like, have fun in the backyard. I have to say, I would be kind of nervous to to put in, like, a haunted house or haunted – because I just feel like uh, one kid's going to fall and then their parents are going to be like – Fuck you, I'll see you in court. Like, no, they're oh, so durable, no. those kids. They're so durable. Good. Yeah, they're like very, very Your durable. Your Honor, kids yeah. are durable. They're Honestly, they're so durable. It's like, whatever. The, well, Tulu Lake is the area where there would be a lot of, because all the studios are there. So, of course, yes, there are yeah. prop builders there. There's uh, effects people there. Yeah, and they make it really cool. It's a hotbed of, uh, of crafty activity over yeah. on that side of town. I dig it. It's L.A. is interesting. I don't know if other cities are like this, but L.A. is the sort because there's a lot of dead neighborhoods in terms of like holiday stuff. Yeah, and so there's a lot of um, like going to, like going to other neighborhoods, going across town. But I don't uh-huh. know if that's you grew up in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Um, well, we my family always celebrated the holidays in a very big way because my mom is very into decorating and anything weird. She loves anything that's weird and original. Like she made all of our Halloween costumes and she always decorates. Uh, she does like – she like studied how to do face paint, to do mm-hmm. like really intricate face paint. So um, she kind of taught me to go for broke at the holidays. Good, good. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up actually in an entirely Jewish neighborhood. Okay. It was like the only – the time Gentile and they uh, <laughs> there wasn't a ton of decorations at all but our house was the one that was, was. the only one that didn't have blue lights in correct. December right correct <laughs> is it easy to tell like yep. ah, there, which okay. one's Kristen's house no, oh I never mind I see yeah. it I see it it's the one with the Santa Claus on mm-hmm. <laughs> you're lucky because most uh, I feel like that is generationally passed down my parents are very cool. They did like the holidays a lot, but they weren't like big Halloween people. Uh-huh. So when Lydia and I have kids, they're in it. 
they're going to be in it. It, yeah. And they're not going to, they're going to, I hope they like it. They're going to have no choice. Well, no. you know what? It's like my kids love to be weird and I love that they love to be weird. And all I'm doing is encouraging that. Good. You Good. know what I mean? <laughs> they're just so, they just, and I think maybe I get this from my mom, but like my mom, when I was in college, she used to send me, um, you know, everyone's parents send them like a cookie tin at Mm -hmm. at the holidays. She sent me a cookie tin and I opened it up, but it was, um, she had gone around the neighborhood and collected cicada shells. Do you know what cicadas are? They're like dead bugs. And that was it. And one time she sent me, she had a thing with taxidermy. She also sent me um, a little box because she knows I love animals. And she said, I found you a pet you could keep in your dorm room. (laughs) I hope it survived on the food and water. I opened it up. It's a dead lizard. Oh, fantastic. And she found it in the backyard and I know that this is my genetics. She went into the backyard, saw a dead lizard, and the first thought she had was, I'm going to send this to my daughter. Well, I don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, this, it's interesting that you have said that exact thing. So this lizard, um, we were up in our bedroom, which is a couple stories up, and I looked out the window down in the pool, and I saw something at the bottom of the pool. And I turned to Lydia. I barely got the words... I think there's a lizard in the p, and there was a puff of smoke where she was standing. And before I knew it was happening, she was in her bathing suit diving into the pool to try to save this lizard. And so I have pictures of her literally trying to give it mouth to mouth. She had it on its back, and she was like poking its chest and trying to breathe into its mouth. And I was like, Lids, it's it's gone. It's gone. And we lost him. He we passed. lost him. It's yeah, call it what time of yeah, death? Yeah, time of death. And um, and so I basically took this gorgeous lizard. Um, you know, as you can see, we have a lot of vintage taxidermy here. And so we have a guy and I said, can you, because I I wanted to do like a a King George and the dragon sort of a thing. So I got this like King George and the dragon skull and, and he placed the lizard in his final resting place wrapped around this. That's it. First of all, it's beautiful. Second of all, I love that I can see that a lot of the things here have like a meaning behind it. They all do. Yeah. And in the, (laughs) cause we're in the process of moving and all the things that don't have meaning. I'm like, that's trash. (laughs) You can can give that away. Very Marie Kondo of you. Uh, Well, thank you. Cause it just doesn't bring me joy, but I hope (laughs) that my, I think my kids are on the road to thinking like this, like things should have meaning. They should have fun behind them. You should be a little bit weird. I love encouraging that. And they, um, yeah, they're, they're into Halloween because of that. In fact, my, my, uh, they've lately been very into pranks Good. and I'm working with it because, um, like early on last year, the pranks were like, oh God, there's so many of them. Um, they, they scotch taped a bunch of pieces of gum to my chair, but they were, (laughs) but they were unchewed gum. So they weren't sticky yet. Right. And they didn't have the brain capacity to understand, chew it, then stick it. And thank God they didn't. So they just scotch taped a bunch of pieces. And I was like, "Mm, I think I'll sit down here. And they were like, (laughs) and then a couple months ago, they, um, called me into their bedroom. They were like, will you check on us in about 15 minutes? And usually I'm like, sure. You know, it's eight o'clock. Sure. I'm happy to. And they had put toilet tissue squares leading from the door to their bed and a squirt of toothpaste on each one. So sure. that I'd obviously be caught in the mess. Sure, sure, sure. You got me. Did you go along with it? I did. And Good. I was like, oh my gosh, my foot is squishy. I always give them a big, a big show. And um, a couple nights ago, they, they, I was making them dinner and I, they were getting along. That's how I knew there was trouble. Sure. They were absolutely giggling they were, they together. Were, they were conspiring. Something's wrong. Yep. They eat the dinner. 
they go, mom, we want to snuggle in your bed before we go to sleep. And I was like, okay, great. I walk into the bedroom as a side story. My older one jumps on the bed, knocks over this lamp, this like half marble, half wood lamp that crashes. There's now there's a glass light bulb all over the it's rug. a great prank it's a great prank <laughs> and i was like and the rug is kind of shaggy i was like well for the foreseeable future i will have glass in my feet that's fine let's let's just you know dyson it up and mm-hmm. get into sure. bed i pull back the sheet of my bed they have dumped a gallon of water onto my mattress water <laughs> water from a bucket my mattress is saturated okay and then there are a bunch of tiny pumpkins and like their dirty underwear okay it was a melting pot of sounds like a tour bus just ps it it, it was i mean i was like guys great prank um in the future when we do pranks let's think about ahead about how much cleanup it'll be for the pranky that's funny so in their minds a prank is Put things where they shouldn't be. Correct. And how crazy will that? They hide bugs a lot. And this is something that, again, their grandma taught them. My mom, who loves taxidermy, loves bugs. My mom once found two huge cockroaches, not only felt the need to bring them back from Florida, but tied string around their neck and made a music video about how they'd taken over my room. Do you have this video? 100%. Oh, God, that's spectacular. And so they hide these... Grandma gives them these plastic cockroaches, so they sometimes tape them to the inside of my... um, um, medicine cabinet so that when I open it up they swing at me they put them in my underwear drawer they put it so they often hide bugs like little scorpions or cockroach rubber rubber ones in my bed or something so putting Jesus. things under the sheets is a is a big thing so you them. basically are raising the Weasley twins hellions yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 Dennis the Menace, we used to, the little one, because she's always been such a pistol, uh, and it's a girl we used to call, we used to call her Denise the Manise. <laughs> but last night, this whole long-winded story about pranks is because last night I crawl into bed with my six-year-old and she goes, mom, 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 we gotta do this to dad. And I go, what? And she goes, mind you, she's six. I didn't think this would come about till like 12 or 13. She goes, okay, do we have something called saran wrap. And I was like, yeah. She goes, perfect. The next time daddy goes to pee, we have to put it over the toilet. That's a, that's a, that's a high level. That's prank. what I thought. Yeah. I was like, this shouldn't be till you're a teenager. And I go, where did you hear this? And she's like, someone at school told me. So she obviously has a knack for mischief. Mm-hmm. We're obviously going to do it to Dax. Yeah, of course. Um, but you know, I just was kind of shocked that she was. They're they're maturing faster than I thought. Well, wait, they were. I just That's can I just way. ask one sort of logistical question sure. about the Saran Wrap toilet gag? What if Dax is in the mood for a number two? Well, he always is, almost always. <laughs> Good um, to know. Yeah, um, and then I don't know. I guess it just is a better prank then. <laughs> I guess <laughs> is that answer your question? A, it's yeah. just a it's a greater prank. I guess it's worth more points. I, guess it, I think it's probably worth more yeah, points. That actually yeah. would be worth a lot it's more points. It's worth two points instead of one. That that probably goes from the from the outside of the door you just hear a oh to a Jesus Christ! Yes, hundred like percent. Really elevates, and that's cute. It? Also, that you think we're allowed to shut the door because when you have <laughs> no, kids, you, you cannot shut the door because they're always in it and their t- their fingers are slipping. They're slipping you notes and they're manipulative too. Because sometimes when I'm in there and I'm like, "Please, can I have five minutes of privacy?" They slip notes under the door and they write in like jagged chicken scratch, "You are a great person." <laughs> well, and then you- I'm like. 
Oh, Aww. and I open the door. Come on in here. Who they know how to get you. Who wouldn't want to have positive reinforcement while using the bathroom? My only question about the, the sort of the... Um, the uh, the the punked episode that is your home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is what um, what do you do if maybe you're tired maybe those times when you're having a human moment you kind of don't have time to clean up a water saturated mattress y- yeah and, well, but you've already established like mommy enjoys these uh-huh. and you can't be like well the fuck is it like well what do you, do? you just breathe deep you um you have to do some pre-production on your life and you have to read the books there's a book i'm about to read called how to stop losing your shit with your kids um you have to take yourself outside of it like when you're having sure. surgery and you're floating above your body mm-hmm. watching the doctor that's what you have yeah. to do you have to yeah. float above your body and go this is their brain development this is them discovering what works what doesn't how to have fun how to be unique and you just have to stay in that mentality a near-death experience mentality yes yeah okay yes. good that makes having sense. kids is a near-death experience <laughs> at all times it's time. like no actually you know what it is it's like like every morning getting them ready for school it's a it's a, like a hostage negotiation sure but i'm the hostage yeah, of course yeah but you were also the negotiator at the Both. same time yes yeah. Yeah. yeah so you have to do double duty yeah here's yeah. why it would be beneficial for you to what can we do to what make can this we happen do? yeah and yeah. i try you know i'm like I, you know, my little, my five-year-old wanted to shave the side of her head. And I'm like, great, it's your body, it's your choice. I'm not going to tell you, like, I'm not old school that I'll tell you how to wear your hair. If you want to do that, great. But then the my body, my choice thing bit me in the ass because I was like, put your shoes on, we're ready to go to school. I'm not going to do that. It's my body, my choice. And I'm like, bitch, that is not (laughs) how it works. No, the shoes are not part Um, of the equation. But also, do you... (laughs) I'm just wondering if, like, if your child shaved half her head and went to school, is there any sort of part of you that's like, is the school going to ask me if everything's okay? No, she looks dope. Okay. No, you know what? She's so much cooler than I could ever have been or ever imagined. Like, she saw some skater doll or skater Barbie or something that had a shave, and she was like, that's titties. I'm going to do it. Cool. And then she asked us, and I said... You're allowed to do whatever you want because it's your hair and it's your body. Of course. I just want you to know it'll take a year to grow in. Do sure. you understand that? I want you to think about it for a couple hours. She said. I, then she came back said, I thought about it. And Dax took the clippers and gave her a shave. And it's it's so awesome. That's really fantastic. Yeah. That's some good parenting, actually. Well, we're trying. I mean, look, it's a weird it's a weird thing to be in charge of someone else. And I don't know that I'd say I'm good at it, but I, I gather a lot of information and the... I read a recent parent this is a parenting podcast right yep that's right um, the read- parenting podcast by the people with no kids yes. chris and lydia i um uh read a book called the gift of failure and it's all about how like they're supposed to feel embarrassment and failure and shame and those are good things because it helps them learn how to like create a, a code and like a human code and have like decency and so lately i've been really like letting them sit in their embarrassment saying it's okay to feel embarrassed you should feel embarrassed i'd feel embarrassed if i did that too sure and like they sit in it for a minute and then i do feel like it's working like rather than like um ripping them away from it being like it's fine it's fine it's fine then like they're gonna stay jerky well and then also because there are unavoidable situations in life where you might get embarrassed or feel like you failed or whatever yeah and then they're not gonna have the coping mechanism for that and when their brain is more formed and it's harder to to rewire stuff. Yeah, and than... it really truly is hard to rewire. Oh, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they used a great example in that book where they um they said like if you got, you know, two three year olds and they're in the 
sandbox together. Let's say it's you and me and I throw sand at you and you start crying and both of our parents remove us and say, let's take them away from this. I never got the chance to see you cry. Mm -hmm. I never got the chance to witness how upset you were. You never got the chance to sort of tell me off. And I needed to feel shame to know that it's not right to throw sand at people. And I was like, yeah, that's so obvious. How could I not have thought about that? Always throw sand at people. If you can. That's the takeaway. I think that's okay. This book sounds like it might be good just for adults. Your kids are going to be great. Your kids are going to be great. (laughs) Always. So what I'm reading here in this book is that you're helping that kid if you throw sand in his face. Bingo. Yeah, that's that's the perfect way to go. I realize, by the way... Uh, I have a deep embarrassment. First of all, I've known your husband a long time. I adore him. Uh, I must have known him for like, gosh, 20 years almost. And um, I just remembered... I'm so embarrassed about this. He did the... He recorded the podcast like in February. It's okay to be embarrassed. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. It's already in use. Yeah. yeah. I can sit in it for a second. And now I feel like it's okay. He was he he came over and did the podcast like in February, and it just never got released because it wasn't around anything he was promoting, and a bunch of other people. Because the way the podcast works now is that publicists pitch people, people come on, and they of go, course, it yeah. has to go up this time because this book is coming out, this movie, this TV show, and it just got buried. And I realized yesterday when you were coming on, I'm like, oh yeah, because Dax was on that. Oh fuck! That never posted. Oh shit! Not that he cares. No, he. But you but know I what? Bank it. Because listen, I my husband is a podcaster as well. I know those moments where you're like, oh shit! I have a ton of other work to do. I don't have anyone to release this week. Bank it. <laughs> I'm gonna. Do you I know think what I, I mean? Should release it the same week as yours. Do it. And just as as sort of an but but it was great. And he, you know, it's it's been such an interesting. Um, the the podcast journey for him too must have been so crazy because his caught like fire Im- immediately. Did he tell you the whole, I mean the the story behind it from my perspective is he was this was before he was on doing bless this mess and he was like I think I think I'm going to start a podcast <laughs> and my response I kid you not and here's where I'm embarrassed I was like and picture me putting my hand on his, right? I said, sweetie, that is so cute. A garage podcast. That's what everyone's doing. You should do it. Honey, I love that idea. But you idea. should get a real job, though. But Think about it. so cute. You love to talk. I was like, oh, I basically patted him on the head. Cut to three months later, they were like, oh, yeah, we've got a couple million listeners. And I was like, what? 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 Yeah. And I was so happy for him, obviously, but... He and Monica, who's our mutual best friend, just kind of knew what they were doing and had a flair. And it, I, I was shocked and also so excited for him. Yeah. Well, because it, you know, particularly in Dax's case, it's sort of the, 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 the sum total of, you know, years of improv training, therapy, experience, yeah. relationship experience. And the fact that he was willing to not only just not like try to copy what anyone else was doing, but just be authentically himself and just have on guests that were interesting to him. Like that's the secret sauce. He was the most authentic version of Dax and that's, that's why it works. That's kind of always who he's been, which is why I don't. I'm, I shouldn't say I'm shocked because I did know he's such a good talker. He loves to talk, and to be honest, the podcast has been a bit of a relief for me because I don't get as much at night because he loves to debate. He loves to talk, and sometimes at night I'm like, "Hi, I'm so I love you. I'm so tired. I can't. I just can't have a 45 minute conversation right now." You know? Could you just but start a podcast? Just can you please just start a garage podcast or something? And um, no, but he's so good at it, and he's. 
the the best quality and his leading quality, the greatest thing about him is he just loves honesty. He doesn't believe in anything being taboo. He's so honest, even about hard truths, things that are hard to digest. He can sit in his embarrassment beautifully. <laughs> and bringing that to, yeah, a place like a podcast is cool because he says a lot of things that people are shocked. He talks about like his sobriety mistakes and, sure. you know, or his alcoholic mistakes. And it's shocking to people that he's like, admitting a lot of things yeah but that and you know just to keep the theme of like sitting in your embarrassment it's how these types of topics like how can other people learn or feel connected because everyone has the the, maybe it's not always sobriety but everyone has the i did this dumb thing or Uh, i you know like i made a mistake or i embarrassed myself and not have an outlet and in a society where i feel like it's so easy to jump at people and try to correct a hundred percent. We like, jump down each other's throats yeah. all the time. Well, in the reality, he's, he studied cultural anthropology and specialized in primatology. We are monkeys. Yes, We of are course. monkeys. We stare at our alphas yep. and we try to mimic each other. That's what we do. It's how we're built it's in our right. DNA. I think they did a study with, I mean, I'm pulling this out of my ass, but it was in one of my parenting books. Um that no probably wasn't a parenting book now that i'm thinking of the example it's probably a different book but they they did a study on like macaques or something and they gave them the option to look at a picture of their um alpha in their um tribe or have a juice box mm-hmm. and they always chose the looking at the alpha they under no circumstance would look at a beta a picture of a beta the monkey would not stare at a picture of a beta oh they were God. like that's a waste of time and the only thing that the male monkeys chose to look at over the picture of an alpha and the juice box was a picture of the macaque's female genitalia oh, what? <laughs> i'm like if you guys can't see that we are all monkeys i don't know what the fuck is going on what game are we playing the, we're just monkeys you guys we gotta understand it so uh, i'm starting the instagram account macaque vajays macaque vajays and yes, uh yeah. it's gonna just all the followers are just all macaque it's like 20 million macaque followers you're gonna get you're gonna get so many macaque followers <laughs> Look at all that macaque pose, you guys. You got to. I mean, they've got to. I mean, they they can't help it. They're wired. They literally, and so are we. And I'm just saying, once we start in a place of understanding that, like, sex stuff is going to be weird for people always, and intriguing, and like, you're going to have addiction stuff, and you don't. It's okay to feel shame, and it's okay to talk about it, and it's just all the taboo stuff. I'm over it. Yeah, talk about anything. Of course, which is which is great because it. You know, especially with with your kids, you want them to feel like they can be open, Hell I would yeah. imagine, and talk. But then also at the same time, were you ever concerned about sort of playing the curve like, oh, if our kids are really cool now, are they going to rebel when they're teens and like – I'm I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Well, what I have a bigger problem with is I look at my kids sometimes – well, first of all, I love to say stuff to my kids like one time I looked at my six-year-old and I was like, do you know all your teeth are going to fall out? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? what? They're all gonna fall no. out. Yeah, but then, but then, but then no more teeth. Fall out. So I have fake yeah. teeth. So, but I also um, I like to tell them when they're when they roll their eyes at me because you know they don't like it when I sing in the house at all. They don't really like to talk about anything Frozen related. Really? Uh huh. Because again, we're monkeys. It is in your DNA to reject your parents so that you can assimilate with a larger tribe. That is in their DNA. So and um, I look at them and I'm like, you have 
no idea how cool I am. Okay. <laughs> you might never realize how cool I am, but I'm like a very cool mom. Okay. You have no idea how many other kids wish I was their mom. Honestly. And they're like, okay, mom, get out of my room. And I'm like, you just know it. Okay. I'm cool. But also how kind of funny for you as a parent that I'm sure they go to a lot of kid functions where the Frozen soundtrack probably plays mm-hmm. and they have to be like, ugh. I get it. I know. I get it. I mean, I th- I would I would like to think that when they hear it, they're like, oh, that's my mom. That's my mom. But we've had very specific conversations with them about like bragging and that we can't like act like we have a leg up just because we just because mommy's doing that project. And I started talking about it because I when when we said because they're doing a play right now and it happens to be Frozen Junior. And I said when we audition for the play, you can't say that mommy was in Frozen. And they said <laughs> why? And I said. Because we don't want to make anyone feel like uh, we like they're less than or that we know more. We don't want to create a rift. We don't we don't want anyone to feel bad, basically. Mm-hmm. And Dax chimed in, ever the honest, most honest person in our household, and he goes, No, no, I'm gonna do you one better. Lincoln, here's the reason you can't mention it. Because when you brag, people get jealous. When they're jealous, they're mean to you. And we don't want people to be mean to you. Ooh, that's that's pretty and great. Was, it's so great because he broke it down with like three key words. She understood it, and they don't mention it. I guess it probably is for a, a, a small child to understand the concept, like to understand that kind of complicated adult dynamic of um you know, like superior, like perceived superiority, hierarchy, uh, um, contempt, you know, but just to say like, or people will be mean to you. That's why he's so good at it. And he's such a good parent because he breaks things down in such a, in just a wonderful way. But they also don't really know what any of those words truly mean yet, because a lot of them are like emotional meanings Mm -hmm. and, um, they're still working on like nouns, you know? So this is a table. I get it. And I know the definition of table. They got saran wrap down though. They got saran wrap. That's pretty high end. But he, um, I remember Lincoln, uh, this was a couple months ago, but Lincoln, our oldest who's six years old now, uh, was in the podcast attic with Dax and she said, and Monica, who's Dax's co-host is very involved in our life. I mean, she's like my sister. She's like their aunt. She's with them every day and they love each other. And he, Lincoln said, do people listen to your podcast to, to hear you or Monica? And Dax said, well, I think both because we're both valuable on the podcast. Um, maybe they tune into the podcast because it says my name and I'm more famous. And she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You're famous? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, honey. I mean, well, yeah, because of the work we do, people know who we are. And, you know, why do you think people sometimes when we're out in public ask me and mommy for pictures? And she goes, whoa, mommy's famous? <laughs> That's it. That you just hit her twice with, with, with like, serious information. blew her mind. And yet, I think she doesn't understand what the word means. Like, it wasn't like she was in awe for more than 60 seconds. It's just like she heard the word famous at school and that meant something. And then she was like, I guess that's what my parents are. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, because the whole thing's weird. how would you, it, well, it's weird anyway, but then, yes, but then trying to explain that to a child and sort of having that, having to, because I have, a, of course, you know, I have a lot of friends who have kids who are very well off and do very well in the yeah. business. And they're like, uh, you know, like I want to, you know, like I want to get special treatment when we go to amusement parks because I hate lines, but I don't want my kids to turn into assholes. And it's like that kind of the push and pull. You got to do the ladder. You got it. You got to prioritize the ladder because here's the thing we have. I mean, we have a relatively small house, which is fine. We love it. It's uh, three bedrooms. 
uh, I make them share a room. The the third bedroom is for grandma when she comes and they share a room because uh, I read in one of my parenting books um, that you should always have your children getting over something, working through something. They should always have a strife. It, it's good for them. And I was like, they are going to get treated like gold. So many fun people come over. They're always nice to them. They come to work with me. People give them little toys. Here's the new Minions movie coming out. Take a Minion. When you go home, you're going to have to share a room with your sister and you're going to have to work it out. And that shit's hard and she's annoying and deal with it. And also we don't ever let them cut in line ever. Like when they come to work with me and I do this because I find this to be a priority in my life. But like, you know, when you're on a set, they try to bring you to the front of the lunch line. We don't do that. And I think that it's going to help their characters develop. I remember, do you know Rob McElhaney? Uh, yes. Yes. So who created It's Always Sunny? He has such a funny story, and I'm probably butchering it, but I remember he said he took his son to like Disneyland or something, and they were waiting in line, and his son looked at him and was like, Dad, can't we cut the line And like because you're famous? <laughs> and Rob looked down and he goes, I'm famous. You're not famous. You're a piece of shit. We're waiting in this line. I'm famous. I I did 40 years of work. So if you want to go on the ride, we're going to wait in the line. I don't. Actually, you're holding me back now that I think about it. I mean, if we're really being honest, I mean, and I'm sure he was nicer about it, but the, you know, it, it, it's sort of, it's a hard thing to teach your kids that you have to earn something. Sure. You know, that things don't just come to you. And I'm working on it, but there are a lot of things that it pains me to say no to them all the time because I want to give them the world. Of but course. I think I'm, I'm not going to make bad people. I'm not going to have kids that are a bad hang. I'm not. No, that's a great way to think about it is that you want to make kids who are a good hang. Yes. That's, yeah. I don't give a shit if they can do math or even spell. I just want them to be a good hang. Yeah. Yeah. That's truly all I care about. Because if they are, they'll be able to navigate most things yeah. in life yeah. if they're able to do that. Yeah, that's the the thing that scares me most about parenting is that it's it almost feels like you have this um, weird literal genie living in your house. And any kind of offhanded comment you make, they just translate in the most literal way yeah. and absorb. And the things you don't even realize that you may have said and they just – hear it and then it just imprints yeah, in their yeah, brain. Yeah. It's and then like... you're like, can I take it back? And <laughs> But again, Dax has the best ways of dealing with this because I remember we don't really edit ourselves and we swear like normal human beings. Sure. And I remember one time, um, like my oldest called her little sister or something, a fucky fuck. And, <laughs> and I was... Uh, you know, perplexed as to how to handle it. And, and Dax just kind of stood at the top of her t- uh, top bunk and laid his head on the, the bar and looked at her and he goes, listen, uh, here's the thing. You're six years old and uh, there's some stuff you're not going to be able to do till you're older, right? You can't drive my car. You can't vote. You can't drink alcohol. You can't swear. Okay. And she was like, okay. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, he just breaks it down so practically. <laughs> that's really nice yeah. to hear. It is because it, Again, just I, – I mean I think as long as you can talk to your kids normally, like people, yeah, then they'll listen, I would imagine. Yeah. Rather than – because the second you're, 
you make a big deal out of something, yeah. it's going to fascinate them. Or if you make too small a deal out of something, like if you don't give them context, you know, if you just say like, you because you have to eat your broccoli. It's like, no, say, look, if you eat nothing but muffins, your brain is not going to grow correctly. There's vitamins and minerals in that you need to, you know, like you have to, I find that it's really healthy to give your kids context too of like why you're telling them to do something. And does it ever fly if you just say like, if you if you run out of a good reason, can you say like, but just because I'm telling you and I'm your parent and you I've have to. I've used it a couple times, but it doesn't usually, they push back. They're real strong-willed. Interesting. They're Dak Shepard's children. It's <laughs> <laughs> Dak strong-willed. Oh my God. I'm not 100%. Oh my God. Yeah. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I couldn't remember if I had ever met you before. I feel like maybe I must have. Maybe too, but I don't know. I feel like we've maybe interacted on social media possibly Probably before. In the but years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media was just like fun and people were having a good time on correct, there. And correct. <laughs> Yeah. And it didn't turn into a shouting match. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably years ago. But I'm sure at comedy shows or I don't know. It, I was really trying to remember because I feel like we've been at things before or like Largo or like comedy things. Yeah, maybe. But I just, I, I just don't know. Did you ever do you, – you, you didn't have like an improv comedy background or anything. No, nothing. I have a zero background. But so you were just like na- – I guess so. You're just naturally funny, riffy person. Kind of. I mean, I yeah. I don't. If that's your definition, sure. I think I I I go for broke and fall flat on my face a lot. But I think um, I um, I've always been a people pleaser. I've always liked making people laugh. And in my head, I would just spin the best ways to be funny and the ways that were the most authentic to me. And then I studied theater. Um, and did a ton of theater in high school, then went to, um, I studied music in college, mm-hmm. music and theater, and um, then left college to do my first show in New York. So I have no formal training in anything other than being a goof. Well, that's good, because <clears throat> I'm sure you probably, anyone who has the sort of goof gene or the comedy gene, mm-hmm. knows the pain of when you're growing up. And then you realize like, oh, not everyone does that. Yeah. Because you'll drop you know you'll you'll drop some jokes like my friend just got like just moved to the to England got married she's a comedian she's one of my favorite people in the world and she is like oh my husband's british friends are not comedy people cuz she'll just like drop jokes and rips or whatever and they're they're, Crickets. It's, they're just like oh you know, oh, and then yeah. she's like, oh, fuck. And I go, yeah, that's right. Not everyone. Not everyone is. I know, but it's, it, I get uh, disillusioned a little bit because I, I, or 
maybe that's not the right word. I, I hang out with so many people that love to do that because those are the people I gravitate towards. Sure. You know, the people who will just start some weird improv game with me or riff on something on the street. And I, those are the people I'm drawn to. So I don't, um, I don't spend a ton of time with many buttoned up people. So yeah, I guess I mean, what's that like? Well, it's just, it's <laughs> that feeling of, um, you know, the, you say something and then people are like, Okay, you know, mm. where there's like the, okay, whatever. That's painful, that's painful. But I imagine, so, okay, this might be a weird question, but I'm genuinely curious because you're such a friendly person and you're so, you see, obviously you said you're a people pleaser and now, listen, you and Dax are famous people. Like, people love what you do, they love you, they want to be around you because they love your work. And so how 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 do you create healthy boundaries uh-huh. around people who might otherwise take advantage of folks who are nice and open, you know, because you, you probably what I would imagine if someone's nice or if you'd probably just be like, Hey, let's hang out or whatever. Well, the, that's where the kids come in and are sort of a great excuse. I mean, the way that, uh, I guess we, Dax and I both have a good barometer about people we think, mm-hmm. but we're uh, just, <laughs> on the polar ends of the spectrum because um, we will pass someone on the street. This is his example that I'm quoting. Sure. And he says, when we walk by someone on the street, you look at that person. He, I look at that person and say, that person could cure cancer. And he <laughs> looks at that person and goes, that person might've just taken my wallet. <laughs> but somehow we both, despite that we, uh, he's an, a natural pessimist and I'm a natural optimist. We, we have good instincts about people. And the reality is the the group of friends, the like good core group of, you know, 15 people that I hang out with, I made, you know, before I was anyone who anyone knew. Um, so I, I feel like my core group of friends is really strong and the kids suck up to so much time in your life. I don't really have time for people that are that, that are new to me. And when it's as far as like fans, like when we go out, we've set a strict rule with our family that we don't take pictures when we're with our kids. Sure. And that's not because we're trying to make the fan feel disappointed or not pay attention to them. It's just that what we our first priority has to be parenting. And sure. so sometimes we have to say to people, I'm so sorry, I'd love to talk to you, but I have to watch my child. And most people with a pulse can understand that sure. you're, you're on parenting duty at sure. that point, sure. you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess... Um, I just sort of have a set group of friends. I mean, I'm always open to meeting new people. Sure, sure, sure. But sure. I don't really feel... I guess I, I, what I'm saying is I don't really feel like a lot of people have tried to take advantage of Well, that's me. good. That's yeah. really good. But I, I'm really interested in the optimist-pessimist dynamic because Lydia is definitely an optimist and I definitely skew toward, you know, like every morning when, she, when we wake up, she goes, today's going to be an amazing day. And yeah. my natural reaction is, is it though? Do you yeah. know that? How do you know that? You know? And... So just sort of managing the the balance of that and finding a good balance for it because I do feel like, you know, my dad always said, you know, if you put a negative and a positive together, mathematically, the negative is always going to win. Uh, and and so that, like, 
just making sure, like, well, I don't, I want to make sure that we have a nice, yeah, have a nice balance. Well, so I how think do you, you even... you're supposed to balance each other, right? Because I opened Dax's eyes to a lot. Like he grew up in a world where there were only wolves. I grew up in a world where there were only sheep. So yep. I'm a little bit more naive, and he reminds me, like, when you're donating to a new charity, please vet them the way that I would vet them. And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Sure. Or when you're becoming friends with someone, just be careful. And I open his eyes to the fact that not everyone's out to get him. <laughs> that if the waiter suggests the dish of the day, it's not because he's telling Dax what to do. He's just doing his job. Right. He's going to tell you the dish of the day. You know, that's it. <laughs> so that's a great advice. You know, Guys, listen to the dish of the day. listen to the dish of the day. I mean, I think we balance each other really well. I think opposites do attract in our household. And it's, uh, I personally am stimulated by alternate points of view. So I, that's why I love talking things out with Dax. I love that he has an opposing viewpoint. At all times, and it's been helpful with our marriage because we're both very fast thinkers that need to stay stimulated, Mm -hmm. and because we're opposing, we stimulate each other a lot. But I will say there's also research that will tell you that if you just make yourself smile, those muscles will actually start to affect your brain. I do know. I do know the physiological mind body. uh, So yes, yes. So I will say I'm not always as cheery because I have I'm very prone to anxiety and depression. Sure. But I'm smart enough to know that if I just do the next right thing or I just try to feel happy, even if I'm not, and it's not being fake, I'm just going, I'm just going to smile. Yeah. I don't even have to feel happy. I'm just going to smile. That literally hurts no one if you do that. No, it hurts no one. Just try it. Yeah. It is good because I think, you know, it it, it always fascinates me that, granted, I do think that there is... um, uh, a sort of chronic anxiety, depression, a cultural anxiety, depression, which I really do feel is a side effect of all the um, stimuli we're trying to process at all times and the comparative thinking because we're looking at, you know, heightened idealized versions of the world that may or may not be true, either heightened in a negative way, heightened in a positive way. Comparison hangovers. Yes, exactly. And so... You know, it's it, it. I just think it is important to remember that. But this business in particular is it does really play on that. It just it just rubs on that stuff a little bit more, and simultaneously attracts people who are more prone, more sensitive people, mm-hmm. and then just like mashes at those blisters. Yeah, you, you know? just got to do your work because, like, I remember my therapist a long, long time ago was like, "Don't ever let yourself become infantilized," and which is like where you just sort of. I mean, I'm trying to would even describe it as like where you're just having, you know, a bunch of people do your work for you. Right. Wash your dish. Sure. Wash your dish. I don't care how much money you make. Wash your fucking dish. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? You ate off of it. Wash it. (laughs) It's a problem. You have a standard like that. You're going to be fine. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to do everything because there are certainly times. I mean, my Dax's little sister helps us out a ton because she basically like works with us and picks up all the slack that we can't. So I don't feel super guilty if I don't throw in the load of laundry and she does it or I can't pick the kid up from school. But when I can, I do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's smart. That's good. It's it is you know it and it is part and parcel of a lot of the stoicism that I look at on a daily basis. Were you the one that told Dax about stoicism? Yes. Oh, he came home and told me all about it, and now we follow all these weird accounts. <laughs> well, it's a lot of. What I you were love just it saying. though. I love it. It's really helpful because yeah. I like reading like Glennon Doyle. Do you know Glennon Doyle, the writer? She's mm, she wrote no. Love Warrior. She's like my true north, and oh, I love reading her. 
anything she posts or writes. And it just, it right sizes my brain and all my problems. And I find like the stoicism quotes do the same thing for me where you just read something great. It's like reading a great Eleanor Roosevelt quote, which my favorite is that I say to myself daily is no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Yes. Oh, that's the best. You have to consent to it. You and I'm do. like, oh, wait a minute. I'm just agreeing to feeling terrible today. Yeah. Cause it's so easy to say like, well, this person made me feel and you're like, Bleh. no, ah, they did. They didn't. They might have poked at something yeah. or whatever, but you still. It's never them. It's always you, unfortunately. <laughs> That's the... It's always you. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, you know, being able to sort of take responsibility for your own emotions and being able to... Which I think is very freeing. I agree. I feel so much self-esteem when I, when I take responsibility. Yeah. And when I own my shit and I have to say I'm sorry, it's not... I don't feel like I'm losing or, like, losing power. I actually feel more powerful. Sure, sure, sure. Well, that's really good. I'm glad that... I'm glad because, I mean, in any of the... In any of the sort of, like, you know, uh, top-tier philosophy, whatever, spirituality stuff, you do see a lot of those, like... Move with life. Bend, don't break. You know, like yeah. take each day as it. Don't try to control the outcome. Don't. And so when you think like, well, you know, this is these types of ideas have survived for thousands and thousands of years. Maybe there's a reason yeah, yeah. that some of this stuff has yeah. stood the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just I think they're all saying in so many words, just chill. Just just chill. Just chill. Are you okay with um uh, how are you when, because I know like the show is in the final season, are you good with transition or is it sort of like, uh, do you, do you want to hold on to Big stuff? Big time. I do. Yeah. I'm a creature of habit for sure. Um, but I have mourned because we finished shooting. So I've done so my done. mourning already. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm mourning, you know, I mourn the project because I love that character. I've never played a character who point blank tells people to eat her farts. Um, and that was very exciting. Uh, part of my career. Um, <laughs> and I also, I really, truly, I just worship Mike Schur and all of the things that come out of his brain. I think he's such a wonderful genius and he taught me so much about not just philosophy, but just kindness and ethics. And that's the, the you know, the irony is that's why he ended the good place is because he said, I found the ending to the show that's worthy. And he, and, and we were all, Ted and I were raising our hand like, well, what, what, wait a minute, because <laughs> are we supposed to just do like, we're getting paychecks. So it's like, should we just keep going? Cause everybody's got a job and he's like, I want to, but you know, we'll create a different show and we'll give the crew a job. But right now this is where the story ends. Oh my gosh. And he wrote it and it's fucking beautiful. And it's like, it's not saccharine and it's, it's, I don't know. I, I think it's very worthy for the show. So we were like, you're right. This is the right thing to do. This is us taking responsibility for the, the world we've created and ending the story in the correct place. Gosh, that's so antithetical to how television, in, at know. least television in America, not in England, they'll do six episodes of something and then that's it. But yeah. but especially for Ted coming off shows that just run for yeah. like, as long as possible that is kind of a like wait, well if wait you know the ending couldn't that be season nine yeah exactly yeah. and we said and Mike who you know is all of our dad we're like dad 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 no wait 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 <laughs> but and the reality is that show is so much fun to shoot it was so 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 much fun to shoot the hours were so civilized everyone brought their families That's everyone nice. was really cool and kind and it was close to everyone's home like it was like 15 minutes from here so um, yeah I'm sad to see it go but I think I'm I'm proud. But it also in this age of, you know, which you also know 
firsthand is like the resurrection of yeah. shows is so, I mean, it, I mean, entertainment has always kind of like attempted here and there. Oh, this show's being remade in the seventies. This was a fifties game yeah. show. They're going to make it in the seventies. And then, but, but now the sort of level of like, is it, what haven't we, what haven't we done yet? You know, like mm-hmm. I do, I do appreciate it because I do like things getting a second and third life and trying I to do figure too, out like, yeah. how do things evolve? How do characters evolve? Because you do fall in love with characters on shows and I think it's interesting to see like, well, where would they go next and how would that, how would yeah. that end up? Yeah, I agree. And then it's a matter of like, was that, you have to assess, which I'm not qualified to do, but like, was it successful in the 70s because of the time and the zeitgeist and the culture and will that type of comedy or action work now? But that's all the fun jigsaw puzzle of putting a project together. Right. Yeah. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Are you still is are, are you doing another season of Veronica Mars? We don't know. You don't know. Yeah. You, so you don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, cuz there's a lot This is the craziest time for television with all of the streaming services. Like it's the the upheaval is Unprecedented. Yeah, the disruption. And then Disney Plus is launching. Which Hulu and- is under. And so it's like everyone's kind of waiting. It's like, what's CBS Viacom going to do? Well, HBO Max is going to do this. Well, now HBO Max has Turner, so they have all this Cartoon Network stuff. So they have Rick and Morty, and then they, but they also have South Park. And then what is uh, Netflix going to do? And what's up? I know. And everything is kind of launching around the same time. And everyone in the entertainment business is like, I don't know. Who knows? Gonna, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean... I guess it's great because there a lot of them are paying attention to quality, which is awesome. So you have more places to bring a cool or unique idea as opposed to just, you know, channel two, four, and seven right. that will only take a, a sitcom. So in that way, it's good. Because like even, you know, The Good Place, wh- what a weird show to pitch. I mean, Mike walked in and was like, okay, first things first, everybody's dead. And they were like, <laughs> okay, go on. You know, it's kind of a cool time where uh, really weird, interesting TV can be made. Yeah, and I hope films, so. I if really they survive. So. Films are hard. Have you seen Parasite? I'm dying to see it. Pretty much all we watch is horror. And we love The Host, which was the other film. You guys. Good? I've never seen a movie... Uh, that did what that did. It shifted tones three times. Mm-hmm. It is almost impossible to nail a tone, let alone shift a tone without your audience knowing. Yeah. But in the beginning, you're like, it's a comedy. And then you're like, not a comedy. And then it is a very dark social commentary. Can't wait. And it is very important to see, I think, because the the juxtaposition of the families that they're showing you is... I was nauseous watching it. I can't. I was physically nauseous. I can't wait. It's a really beautifully made film. Um, my recommendation to you Tell is me. a film called One Cut of the Dead. It is Japanese. It's a Japanese zombie. It, it, here's the only thing I will tell you about it, and you don't want to look it up because you don't want it spoiled because you really need to take the journey with it. 
here's the only thing I will tell you about this film. About 28 minutes in, you're going to be very confused. Stick with it. That's the only thing I'll say about it. One cut of the dead. One cut of the dead. I'm writing it down. Not not to down. oversell it because I don't want to like blow up your expectations too much, but Lydia and I were it was like the most fun thing we've seen in I can't tell you. Is it out long. right now? Yeah, it is. It's on Shutter, but it might be on I don't know if it's going to be on other platforms okay. anytime soon, but I'm sure you'll be able to. I just texted it to myself. And by the way, the previous text I texted to myself was buy Dax a Von Dutch tea for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> For this year, or was this a... No, this year, because he said in the car the other day, he was like, let me ask you something. Is it ironic now and cool that I could maybe pull off a Von Dutch tea? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure it's... if that will work yet. I don't know if it's ironic enough yet. But I did write it down to get it for him for Christmas. He should. Oh boy! So I have a it's couple. Tricky. I have a couple thoughts about that. Number one, you could always fire back with, you know, maybe you shouldn't worry about the result and what other people think, and you should just, you know, do it because it's something that you enjoy. That's true. Or it could. I personally, I don't think enough to. I don't think enough time has passed yet. I think it would. I think it would not. I think it would not play. I think it would play unironically. That is what I was worried about, but I'm still going to get it for him because ultimately it's his body, his choice. It is his body, his choice. But it's like if – I guess it, a lot of it also depends on the context of if Dax – if Dax as an entity is known for that behavior, then that will help push it over the goal. Right. He used to be but no longer. It's sort of like if, if he wears an Ed Hardy hat – Right. Which side it's of it? It's just like be careful. It's yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> it's you're you're really just putting your hand in the in the alligators. Uh-huh. Like it could just snap. Yeah. You might it might be funny. You could get it in there and then right. get it back out. But it's it's also a He's little dangerous. Bold. He's always been a bold comedian. But it <laughs> <laughs> the Von Dutch. Well, it. Yeah, wow. I guess if he went full Von Dutch, then it's a little more obvious. But maybe that's too on no, the nose. No, that's too. I wouldn't. I don't think I could handle that. Yeah, or or if it was like a, or if he did the same font and it said like Von Douche, or like if there was something silly about it. But maybe. But I just mm, I hear what he's saying. Yeah. I feel like we're maybe five years out from that. Right. Well, I'm gonna maybe I'll I'll put a tag on the Christmas present that says "Open this in five years." <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, yeah. 2024. Right. right, right. <laughs> you know what? I, the perfect advice, Kristen, is what? let him sit in his embarrassment. Let him put it on and see if, like, us magazine celebrities are just like us, Dex Shepard, rocking the uh-huh. Von Duxit. And then if he's like, shit, this backfired, go, well, that that was you shaving the side of your head. It's and okay it didn't, but it didn't sit, work this right, time. It's okay to sit in your embarrassment. It's okay to That's sit. That's a perfect plan. <laughs> do you, uh, do you guys, do you, ha- do you sort of actively scan? For the present, like, oh, he mentioned this, he said this, or is your brain always working to sort of figure out, like, what to do for presents? I'm almost done with my Christmas shopping. What? It's bef- I know, and today is Halloween, because uh, I'm pretty good at it. I'm always scanning. I don't know, actually, because he's decent at giving gifts, but I think also because my he's really close with a lot of my girlfriends, and he always has them at his disposal, Um and he usually asks me, what do you want? Because at the point where you can buy yourself things, you don't just want 
something. Yeah. You don't just yeah. want stuff. It's like, have you had your eye on anything cool? Um, but I got everybody's done really early. Um, a lot of them were done by the end of the summer because I have a unique ability. Gift giving is one of my absolute favorite things and I'm very good at it. So I'll hear anything that you say throughout the year and I'll either either remember it or put it into my phone. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, Lydia's really good at that too. Like a box will show up and she'll go, your Christmas present's here and I'm like, it's August. <laughs> but then the other problem is that She's also a very bad secret keeper. Uh oh. So That's cute. she'll just be like, oh, I want to tell you what I got. And I go, You, you can't. And then, it, like, December 1st, can I just tell you? No, you still have to wait like three and a half more weeks. December 15th, what if I just show you that? No, you can't. This is how it works. Don't buy presents early if you're going to, if you can't. I get that. I'm also a really good guesser. And so I made a couple mistakes early on with Dax where, like, we, I, um, he didn't know. Well, now he knows. But I would go into the um, living room and pick up the packages to see how heavy they were. And then I could figure it out. I'm also good at guessing. And so <laughs> right before the kids were born, I remember we sat down to open Christmas presents. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited to open my La Crusade pot. And he was like, <laughs> what? And he was really bummed that I spoiled it. He goes, how long have you known that? And I was like, I don't know, like a month? Well, they're very heavy. They're so heavy. And they're what clanky. else could it be? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you hear a couple of heavy, clanky pieces in it's there, yeah, yeah, yeah. What color did you get? I got an orange. Nice orange. I got a really nice orange, um, and then also a green one for like a big, like, stew pot. Nice. Yeah, they're gorgeous. They're stunning. You want to hear the best gift ever, yes. though, that I've done twice, and Please. I'm so happy to share. Um, so I did this first for Dax, and this was... Um, I don't know, a couple years ago before our kids were born. So he is, if you find someone's favorite book, he's his name comes out of this like weird, sexy grocery store novel that his mom read called The Adventurers. And I found a first edition copy of The Adventurers. And then you, this, this, um, uh, that character's wearing a Von Dutch shirt. Rough, a hundred percent. Um, the, this project does take a couple months. You gotta be, you gotta do this in advance. But I sent it, I got the original copy and then I sent it to all the important people in his life. So I sent it back to Michigan. I sent it to his grandparents, to his dad, to his friends from home, to his friends out here and asked everyone to like graffiti the pages oh, or wow. put pictures. Like his dad put a bunch of pictures of them when they were like riding a tractor when he was little and inscribe things like write over it, rip the pages out, put in pictures of yourself and then you give it to them and and then they have this sort of like book that that is important to them and this like journal of why they are important mm -hmm. on the inside. And I also did it to my friend Jedediah who, as it turns out, had too many friends because I sent the book, the goddamn book, went to Africa twice. What? As he has friends in Uganda and then it also went to Canada. So it took a while. It took a long, long time. It took me almost six months to do Jedediah's and... So Jedediah uh, bike rode from the tip of Oregon to the tip of Patagonia on his bike oh um, in his 30th year because his father – tell me if you can't follow this story, by the way. Okay. His father was like the National Geographic story that Forrest Gump was loosely based on, the guy who walked across America. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Right, and he shot for, uh, pictures about it. And then that story was sort of like lifted and they made that movie. And um, so his dad ended up in this city in Oregon. So he said, in honor of my father, what I'm going to do is bike ride all the way to Patagonia. So it was great. So he was like, I'm going to learn Spanish. Wonderful. His favorite book is East of Eden, right? And I go... Ding, ding, ding. Perfect. I'm going to do the book thing. I got a first edition Spanish copy of East of Eden. Holy shit. I called a friend in Spain. We located it. Brought it back here for six months. I sent it 
all over the world. Um, I had to have it rebound halfway through because the jabronis that were handling it were not careful. <laughs> and um, I had friends who like, I had really creative friends. Well, Jed had really creative friends who like hollowed out a section of it and put a joint in there. Oh and gosh. like just, it was absolutely beautiful. They like paper mache some of it. And I had to, the book was like super thick. And then right before he left for his trip, I gave it to him. But that's a really good present that it took way a, too long to explain that is an incredible find presence. a book have the family sign it but that's also wow you're really good at delayed gratification because because mm-hmm. it's it's just so easy now to be like click click done you know yeah. like that is real but that i guess harkens back to my respect for like that lizard that that you <laughs> oh, made yes. i like things that have meaning of course you know i like things that have a memory around them like a click click buy is like that's junk yes especially because you know we are such rabidly addicted consumers and most things aren't special anymore because you could just get it on your phone like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't really there's just no real work. there's no investment there's, in there's it. no yeah. investment in it Mm-mm. at all like even even some weird, even that book you could have just found in, you know, like source, but the fact that you took the time to make it special, that's really good gift giving. Thanks. Shit, I got to get on this because it's already like November 1st is tomorrow. Yeah, but do it. Pick your wife's like favorite book or a significant book, or it can even be like a children's book she loved, and then pop it in the mail with a bunch of like one day overnight slips. Send an email to the 20 people that are closest to her. Look, I'll do this for you before I leave. I'm going to write it all <laughs> out. My Christmas How present. easy my could Christmas I make present. this? You're going to get my wife's Christmas yes. present. Well, I have like, I, I, I'm very, I, I am a good scanner and I am a good listener. And, and last year for her uh, birthday, her favorite, one of her favorite movies is um, uh, Army of Darkness. Uh, of course. And I found at, a, at an entertainment memorabilia auction a... Um, a Necronomicon that was used in Ash versus Evil Dead, and it is incredible because inside they took the time to put all like every page has like st- like st- like Necronomicon art in blood red on it, and uh, and the, the only but because of my I don't have like a, de- a delayed gratification gene, I should have gotten Bruce Campbell to sign it. But as soon as I got it, it was a birthday. I just gave it to her because I just wanted to give it to her. That's fine. That's still great. That's still great. <sighs> Fuck. No, that's still great. Don't do that. Sit in your embarrassment for a minute and flush it down the <laughs> toilet. Meh, meh. No, I can't it's flush still it. There's perfect. saran wrap on the toilet. It's, that's right. We can't my, go pee. My embarrassment's splashing back all over me. I just like gift giving in general. I think it's so fun to think about someone, to secretly think about someone when they don't know that you're thinking how special they are, and then surprise them with something. I just love it. I love helping other people. I'm I constantly around this time of the year will text my guy friends that I know maybe aren't as intuitive as Mm -hmm. they wish they were and be like, dear Charlie, Erica is really in love with drunk elephant (laughs) facial care products right now. You know, a hundred percent drunk elephant, drunk elephant. Yeah. It's like a facial care company. My friend Erica likes, and I would, I texted Charlie last year and then I texted my friend Ryan, a couple of things that his wife likes. I I like, I'm very stimulated by doing that. But that's unbelievable because I feel like a secret like I don't know wizard or something. Well, yes, because the 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 idea that you are have as many things going on as you do and, you know, work and family and 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 you know your own stuff that you're managing and still are that connected to 
other people in the world. That is a very rare, I mean, it's very easy to see why people love you guys so much because I think all that stuff, it's not like, you know, every time you're in public, you're like, I'm thinking of other people, but there is something about both of you that I think people just go, God damn it, I just like them. I don't, I just like them. They're just, they just seem like nice people. I'm flattered. We try to be nice people. We try to be. I mean, look, we're both aware that we're not the only people on the planet. And I think that's, you know, that's the whole point of why we made The Good Place is like human relationships, human connection, even the hard moments are the whole point of being on earth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of what Dax's podcast is also about yeah. at the same time. Is he, uh, is his show back? His show's back on. Bless this mess? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I, I mean, there, you have a lot of stuff to, you have Frozen 2 that people, I mean, you know, it, people are going to see that. It's, it's almost weird. Like, I almost wonder if it's weird when they send you on like a big press tour for something like Frozen 2, because in a way it's like, you think people are not going to watch Believe this? me, you think that wasn't my response to the email when they sent the first press tour and it was like 80 days and I was like, guys, 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 Disney Kingdoms. Of course. Have you played this? Um, no, but I think I did the voice for it. If yeah, Anna's a you're, yeah, goddamn yeah, right. I, did you the, did. I haven't played it, but I know people love it, and I did do the voice. It is so. So now I'm in the character menus. <laughs> this fucking game. Oh no! I you you basically like you 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 re, like there is a way to play this game without paying to get stuff but I doubt it that's be- not because of my impatience yeah I have absolutely paid to advance in this game very sure. excited about the nightmare before Christmas there we go there it is there they are yeah there they are I mean it it is really upsetting how much I, I've been every day I check in on this game really yeah what do you play any other games other than that one no I stopped playing games because um Maybe you're familiar with the addictive personality profile. I've heard of it. I've and heard of so it. So I, yeah. I was having a problem where I would just like, I would play games for you know hundreds of hours because mm-hmm. I like these open world RPG type games. And in January, I just decided, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start taking piano lessons and 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 spend. The, I just wanted to see what would happen if yeah. I took this an, an equivalent amount of time to try to learn a, a skill. Uh huh. And it's been great. Like, now I can fucking kind of play the piano, and uh, and I couldn't before. So, it, so yes, it, I, it is a little bit of an all-or-nothing kind of thing with games. Sure. Lydia keeps buying me games for the Switch, and she goes, I know you're probably not going to play these. And I go, I know I can't because I just won't do anything else. But this game, this Disney Kingdoms game, I check in with, you know, like 20 minutes a day or something. Do you feel and- empowered that you also know you know that you can live without something? Like, do you feel, sure. yeah, the strength of going like, okay... I've tried it, even if you go back to it, but sure. I can live without that game. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah I've done yeah, it for yeah. three months. I can live without that. I yeah, imagine because, that must give you self-esteem. Of course. Well, because I know how to flash forward. Like, I, I know I, I know how to flash forward and go, okay, I could do this, but in a couple of weeks, I know this is what the landscape of my life will be like. Yeah. And I, maybe I don't want to do that, so it's easier for me just to not engage with yeah. it. And, you know, so that I think that's that's part of the reason yeah. as well. But I love that you're so open, and I appreciate that you. 
I, I mean, I don't think that I haven't been taking like mental parenting notes this entire time. On your new parenting podcast? Yeah, on, my, on the new parenting <laughs> Why do I podcast. I always talk about my kids. Ugh. Because, I promised I wouldn't be that person. You know what? You're not talking about. You, you, no, that, no, no. That's different. It's different to what you're talking about is life experiences, how you navigate parenting. You're, you, there's a reason and not just like, look at this drawing my kid did, isn't it? Aren't they great? You that's know, true. Like- well, that's because they're fucking terrible drawers. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like you might as well give a pen to a woodchuck. But, but I guess, you know what? I guess this, this does, the reason that I do lead with parenting stuff, even on non-parenting podcasts, because in my head right now, I'm insecure that like your listeners are not all parents and they're going to go, could she shut up about having kids right now? Like I'd like to hear a regular adult podcast. But then I think the reason I do it is because I know that parenting is really fucking hard. And since I'm there right now, that it feels like since we're monkeys, we should be sharing the tips we know. That is a very adult take on parenting, though. And also the fact that you talk about the good and you talk about the bad. And quite honestly, a lot of the stuff you've said about your kids, I feel like, I think adults could probably benefit from that. Like, I've been listening to stuff going, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, like, what a great way. Like, sitting in embarrassment isn't just a kid thing. Right, that's true. That's something, especially because there are so many ways that are available to us to distract ourselves mm-hmm. from having to sit in anything yeah. that we that any slight discomfort get comfortable with the uncomfortable emotions well you have to yeah. because well you don't have to but if you don't then sooner or later life is going to be uncomfortable and then you're not going to be yeah i think you do have to it's yeah. a survi- it's survival because if you don't and you don't practice it you will turn to something that fills up the emptiness parent yourself you guys guys just parent yourself and chill chill out just chill everything's fine everything will be fine you know? You know, and also the smiling thing is nice too. It's a good piece of advice. It is nice to smile. I hope you have an amazing Halloween, even though this is going up after Halloween. Thank it's you. Halloween right now. I, I people should see that you are wearing this amazing orange onesie. Yeah. With it's bats. Halloween pajamas. All, you're wearing Halloween pajamas. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing a pumpkin head shirt. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get a picture of it or something and yeah. post it, uh, the thing. And uh, anytime y'all want, we're fucking neighbors. I know. By the way, I was like, could have <laughs> thrown eggs at your house from my house. I, I mean, was like, how is he so close? And I didn't know that. I've talked to Dax before about like, do we make a zip line? Oh my god, yes! <laughs> from our house down to your house because we're up the hill a little bit. Minimally, we look into the permit. Minimally, <laughs> we look into the permit. You know, okay. There's like you know one busy major street that we go over. Big you deal. know how Big deal. how long how far is that? Like 50, right. twenty feet. You Come know, on. like it'd be fine. Come on, I really think it would be fine. I agree. But anytime because we have uh, we have folks over, we have little barbecues, we have an arcade downstairs. You know, uh, sweet. So please, anytime you we're all want to come by, um, happy Halloween, happy thank holidays, you. and uh, thank. Thanks so much. The end. ID Tenti scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker 
lied. Like a liar. Like a liar. And if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal, or you love to hop in the Wayback Machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes, you should tune in to our podcast, Morbid. Follow Morbid on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to episodes early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. 